0: I wanted to uh, start tonight off uh, with, with reviewing uh, what we talked about last week a little bit, and then just let everybody know, if you did miss last week, uh, it is available on uh, Sailorville's website, and then also um, on the Facebook page, so you can go back and, and check it out and, and review it there. But um, by way of review, real quick, uh, what we talked about was, was obviously this is based on the concepts of this book, When Helping Hurts, uh, and and we, we, they redefined the definition of poverty, so no longer uh, were the buzzwords uh, as far as, you know, income levels and those kind of things. The when helping hurts definition of poverty was a broken relationship. Uh, and it's a broken relationship of four key relationships, which is God, self, others, and the rest of creation. Um, and so that was, a, that was the change of the definition. So, so it, it kind of frames our, our discussion there. The other thing was, uh, important point was, if we have a material definition of poverty, uh, it would lead to material solutions. Uh, and that's we talked about how, as believers, we really don't want to be a part of that. We don't want to um, uh, make people think that it's stuff that's gonna solve their problems, and if we have stuff and we give that to them, that somehow that's gonna fix them. Um, and then the other one is we discuss the impact of handouts. So, I mean, the book, the book is called When Helping Hurts. We have to actually believe that there's a kind of helping that we think that we're doing that could actually hurt. Uh, and so we actually talked about how um, if, you, if you continually give handouts, um, how that can can actually cause some harm can eventually cause dependency, uh, which will actually hurt people. So um, that was a review of last week. Like I said, it's available. Uh, I would encourage if you if you missed it to, uh, especially if you're going to be here for the next two weeks, to to catch up on that. Uh, you know last week i opened it up and and there was some questions and also had several people uh come up afterwards and had some questions for me and awesome questions i wanted to address a few things uh because i had some questions like you know how much handouts is enough and and when is it okay to give a handout which which are all good questions and and uh, especially next week we're going to get into some practical things like when you're working with people Uh, But I really wanna encourage everybody to take a step back and as we talk about these concepts, to really think about them on a macro level. Think of them big picture. Um, because that will eventually help you on the micro level when you're helping people one-on-one. You know, especially when you're helping with people, you know, we we have big hearts as believers, and sometimes we could tend to make decisions uh, that could end up hurting people uh, because our heart goes out to them. So I want to think about, especially tonight, as we talk about relief or development, I want us to think think big picture, and then we'll we'll be able to apply it to those one-on-one things. The other thing is relationships take time. Um, and, and, as we talk about helping people, um, we need to be reminded that, you know, we're going to ask God for wisdom and discernment in every one-on-one situation with helping somebody out. Um, so there isn't a perfect answer. You know, if this person does this and then this, I mean, it's going to take a lot of, of wisdom and discernment and, and just to know if, if you really do want to help somebody, uh, it could be messy and the relationship's going to take time. Uh, and then the last thing is, um, you need to see some sort of willingness to change, uh, so when you're, when you're wanting to help somebody um, and, and you're, you're, uh, you really care about where they're going and not just their current circumstances, um, we, we have to see some sort of willingness for them to take steps and to make changes. And if they, they're not willing to do that, again, you got to believe, I can continue to try to help somebody by, by giving them, paying bills and those kind of things, but am I ultimately going to end up hurting them because I'm creating dependence? So. Just some, just some points I wanted to make about some of those great questions um, I had last week, and, and, uh, and hopefully those are, those are helpful. So tonight we're gonna talk about relief versus development. Um, and, and like I said last week, this was a really important concept for me. Uh, once I started to understand it and apply it, uh, not only at the ministry I work for, but just day-to-day life and, and the understanding of the difference. Um, and I really want to start us uh, with thinking about watching the nightly news, okay? Uh, So we're watching the nightly news, and the big story on the news is the tsunami in Indonesia, okay? is already a country that economically isn't doing so well, and now they have a large disaster. Um, So many lives are lost, many homes are destroyed. Um, It's just a huge impact, you know, and our heart goes out to them when, when we see this story. After the commercial break, there's another story, and it's about the increased homelessness in our city. Um, and so, you know, for whatever reason, there's, there's increased drug use or, or maybe, um, you know, a manufacturing uh, company left town or something like that. For whatever reason, in this city, there's, there's increased homelessness. Um, typically, our reaction has been the same in those two situations, the tsunami in Indonesia and the increased homelessness in our city. And what the book asks is, how should we think about these scenarios And then are there principles to guide us to the appropriate response in each case? Um, And this is why relief and development is so important. Um, And this is what the, uh, the book, I wanted to share the quote that it has on this subject. It says this, One of the biggest mistakes that North America churches make by far is applying relief in situations in which rehabilitation or development is the appropriate intervention, okay? So they think it's a big deal, I think it's a big deal, and something important to talk about. Uh, we're gonna watch uh, the, the next video in the series here uh, here in a moment, uh, but I do wanna mention, these videos are available on Right Now Media, and if you're not familiar with that, the church allows us to have um, a subscription to Right Now Media, and there's tons of Bible studies and video Bible studies and those types of things. If you contact the church office, uh, they'll actually get set up with that. Um, if you're gonna read this book and, and watch the videos, again, there's six in the, in the series. We're just gonna watch three of them. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage you if, you, if you don't have Right Now Media, it's a cool tool that our church provides and something you can use. So with that, we'll go ahead and watch the third video. Um, this is, if you have the handout, hopefully everybody got one. Um, this is where the, the fill-ins begin and then we'll review those after the video. So with that, we'll go ahead and watch the video. So, uh, some things there from the handout. Uh, you know, what's interesting is I've seen the, that video a couple of times, but when I was uh, prepping for this week, uh, there was something at the beginning that the woman said that made me stop, and I had to, had to rewind it, because I, I don't know if I, I heard her correctly, uh, but this is what she said. She says, when you give them free things, you are lowering their dignity, and we've heard that, but she said this, you're increasing their poverty level. And it just, it just struck me. It's like, th- this stuff, I think, is real. There, there is a kind of help that can actually hurt people. And we, in our minds, thinking, man, if I, if I give them stuff, it's gonna help, it, it should increase. No, it, it actually is going to increase their poverty level. So I thought that was very striking. Uh, next point from the video, he said, most people we interact with will be in need of development and not relief. Uh, we have that up now. Thanks to my friend Rich. Thank you, sir. Um, so, so that's, a, that's a good thing to remember, uh, and we'll, we'll come back to this, but if we keep in our mind that most people we interact with are, are gonna be in need and development and not relief. Uh, next is uh, mater- uh, paternalism, is what they talked about, and that's habitually doing for people and providing for people things they can do or provide for themselves. Uh, and then we'll actually go into this a little bit deeper. There's different forms of, of paternalism, and we'll talk about what those look like. Um, the next point from the video, he says, uh, you, we see a problem and we treat symptoms, and we don't get down to the core of the problem. Um, so that was important. And then the last point from the video is, process is what matters and not product. Process is what matters and not product. And so he, he gives that example of, of the houses, which I think was a good, a good illustration to understand. Uh, what, what the goal would be in mind in a development situation rather than providing relief. Um, so, so let's, we'll talk about relief first. I just ran online real quick and wanted to get a, a, a good definition of, of what, what relief is for the most part. Uh, and this is what it said, it said, assistance, especially in the form of food, clothing, or money given to those in special need or difficulty. Okay, special need or difficulty. Um, and, and this is what the book says about relief, okay? Relief needs to be immediate and temporary, okay? Relief needs to be immediate and also temporary, which means provided only during the time that people are unable to help themselves. So that's their definition of, of relief. It needs to be immediate and temporary, Um there's an example in the book uh, that I thought it'd be helpful as we, uh, you know, I had questions about how to help people and those kind of things, and, and so it kind of gives an illustration and some, and some thinking points when, when somebody's coming to us. It says, many of the people coming to your church for help will state that they're in a crisis. They're in an emergency situation, they need uh, money for bills, rent, food. In other words, they're gonna state that they're in the relief situation, okay? Um, but it asks, is relief the appropriate intervention for such a person, maybe or maybe not? And so it gives kind of four, four key questions to ask yourself. Uh, the first, is there really a crisis on hand? Okay, and that's gonna take asking a lot of questions and finding out, assessing the situation. Is there really a crisis here? If this person doesn't get this help, is there really gonna be something really detrimental that's gonna happen? Uh, the second thing, to what degree was the individual personally responsible for the crisis? Um, now, this is something that's important that we don't want to be careful with, but what the book is saying is allowing people to feel some of the pain resulting from the irresponsible behavior is probably important in the process. Um, and if we're focused on trying to always ease that pain, uh, there may not be a good, a good learning happening from, from, uh, from the pain uh, that, that could be uh, self-inflicted. Uh, And third, can the person help themselves? And it says, if so, then a peer handout is usually never appropriate, if they can help themselves. And then fourth, to what extent has this person already been receiving relief from you or others in the past? Um, So if somebody has habitually come to you and asked for for relief and asked for a handout, you really do have to ask yourself at what point do I need to stop because I'm enabling this, I may be hurting this person. Um, Also, just something I've learned from helping people is, if somebody habitually comes back, maybe every few months, um, most of the time what I've discovered is is that person actually has kind of a Rolodex of people. I don't know if people know what Rolodexes are. Us older folks maybe know what Rolodexes are. But they they have several people they know, and they kind of cycle through to to find out, okay, I'm gonna ask. Um, And and so they're habitually actually using people. So you really gotta be careful if they're they're coming back to you uh, over and over again. All right, development, okay? Um, and so what development says is a process of ongoing change. That's supposed to say change. It's probably my terrible handwriting. It probably looks like challenge. That's my, uh, I apologize. So it's a, it's a process of ongoing change that moves all the people involved, both the helpers and the helped, closer to being in right relationship with God, self, others, and the rest of creation. So you notice about this definition, it's an ongoing change, okay? It's not something that's gonna happen automatically. A lot of times with relief, again, it's immediate, it needs to happen, it needs to be temporary, but with development, it needs to be an ongoing change. That means it's gonna be a process and it's gonna take time. Uh, And then you also notice who's involved here, okay? We're we're not just talking about the person being helped, we're actually talking about the helpers as well, um, are, are gonna be walking side by side couple different ways that, that development can happen uh, that the book talks about. Uh, the first is called needs-based development, okay? And needs-based development focuses on what is lacking in the life of a community or a person, okay? And really, it's starting with uh, asking the question, what's wrong with you and how can I fix you, okay? That's needs-based development. That's not the kind of development that we wanna do. WE WANT TO DO THE NEXT ONE, THE BOOK calls ASSET-BASED DEVELOPMENT. AND THAT FOCUSES ON WHAT CURRENT SKILLS, ABILITIES, ASSETS ARE CURRENTLY AVAILABLE, OKAY? SO THAT STARTS WITH ASKING WHAT'S RIGHT WITH YOU. NOT ONLY YOU AS AN INDIVIDUAL, BUT AS A COMMUNITY. Um, YOU KNOW, ARE THERE, ARE THERE, WHAT ARE THE THINGS THAT YOU CAN BRING TO THE TABLE TO HELP IN THIS SITUATION, TO DEVELOP YOU OUT OF THE SITUATION THAT YOU'RE IN? Um, you know, are there people in the community that would love to start their own business, they just have no idea how to write a business plan, okay? So the, the book gives a lot of examples, uh, and we'll talk about uh, you know what, what some examples of those development um, examples are as well. But the point is development is participatory. It focuses on relationships, encouraging, challenging, and walking alongside those in poverty. Um, so development is participatory. Um, so I, I just want to go back to this, again, it's called When Helping Hurts, so, so relief, development, we're talking about this concept, uh, so harm of relief when development is needed, remember, dependence is created, uh, which is not good, people are, if dependence is being created, the lowering of dignity, the other thing I thought about this week is, it's really a, an unwise use of resources um if we believe this if we believe actually providing these handouts and constantly doing it can end up hurting people in the long run uh, then really when we're providing those resources it's an unwise we're being unwise stewards with with what god has provided us um and so being involved in 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 development and making sure that we're focused on the end product and not just uh you know providing a quick handout um, is actually i would argue a better use of, of the resources god has provided uh, next, we'll dive into paternalism, uh, and the book actually dives into some different ways, and again, it says avoid it, avoid paternalism, and then uh, again, it says do not do things for people that they can do for themselves, uh, and then there's some different forms of paternalism, okay? The first one is resource paternalism, and, and that's the, the view that uh, the solution to poverty is in material terms, which we've talked about, so I'm going to... You don't have resources, then I'm just gonna give you those resources. Uh, Next is uh, spiritual paternalism. This is what it says. Many of us assume we have a lot to teach the material poor about God, and that we should be the ones preaching from the pulpit, teaching the Sunday school class, or leading the vacation Bible school. Um, this is something actually that I think when when we're helping internationally, which is very important, and I actually experienced myself. I went to South Africa with the missions trip here a few weeks ago, um, and we went to this this church. uh, It's called Ramote Baptist Church. It's just an awesome church, Uh, but it was, you know, in the middle of a very uh, impoverished part of South Africa, Uh, and you go there, you know, and the the building is... uh, you know, fits with the neighborhood. Uh, you come in, and, and, you know, you want to say, man, we, you know, we could make this bigger, we could do this, we could do that, you know, but, but they're preaching the solid gospel, and they're worshiping the same God, um, and so it's just a reminder for us Westerners that it may not always look like what we would want it to look like, um, but God was still being uh, glorified there, so... Uh, knowledge paternalism, uh, I think this, this makes the point that the process is more important. Uh, knowledge paternalism occurs when we assume that we have all the best ideas. Uh, next is labor paternalism, uh, and that is the point that uh, uh, this occurs when we do the work, if they can do the work for themselves, so we never wanna do that. Um, and then the last one is manage, managerial paternalism, okay? This is what it says, relative to many other cultures, including many low-income communities in North America, we are prone to take charge, particularly when it appears that nobody else is moving fast enough. As a result, we often plan, manage, and direct initiatives in low-income communities when people in those communities could do these things quite well already. The structure and pace might be different. I think that's the key point, the structure and the pace might be different. Uh, if the low-income communities undertook the projects, but they could do them themselves, nonetheless. Um, and so I, I just think that's a, you know, especially a, uh, when it comes to pace and, and, and if we're, we're more focused on the product and not the process, we can tend to take over and say, I can do this, I can get this done, and we can say, mission accomplished, and get out of here. And when we truly wanna help, we actually want to struggle alongside with folks so they can learn uh, some of those skills themselves. So the point is, development is harder, Development takes time, and it involves more work. Uh, And I wanted to kind of provide some examples of of what that looks like. Um, For organizations and nonprofits, it means paying a salary for someone to just hang out and get to know people in a community. Um, So whether it's here in the United States or or internationally, uh, you know, if we believe in that asset-based development, that means somebody needs to go in and ask questions, find out who has skills here, who, who wants to start a small business? Who needs just help uh, with, with those kind of things? And so, um, again, that's a, that's a process and it would take time uh, to pay for somebody to do that. It, means make, uh, it may mean making tough decisions when helping people. They may move on to someone else who will give them a handout, okay? So again, if we, we believe that if we continue to provide handouts that it could negatively impact somebody, it means at some point we have to say no and we have to say, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna continue to do that. And they may move on to somebody else, and, that, and that's gonna hurt. Uh, but if we truly believe, if we continue to enable them, it's gonna hurt them, we have to make that decision at some point. A- and then continue t- with development, and always let them know, I'm always here, and, and, and here's what I believe is gonna help you, um, but if you continue to want the handout, then that's not something I'm gonna be able to help you out with anymore. And then it means no, no. Uh, typically, no immediate result or mission accomplished moment, maybe ever. I mean, if you if you believe in development and you believe that it's the process, it, it may take a long time, especially when you're working with larger communities. Um, that the if you believe in it, it just means that you're going to be working at the process and helping with development. Uh, you may never actually see the fruit of that. Um, I wanted to provide some examples, because, uh, y- you know, again, we're, we're big picture, we're on a macro level, and we're kind of understanding these concepts, but I wanted to kind of give some examples of what, what does development look like. Uh, an example would be like a job preparedness program. Um, so any, any sort of program that's helping people uh, not only find but keep a job, uh, so that, that pays a livable wage that, that helps them, so there's job preparedness programs. Uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is a development program. If you have people who habitually don't know how to manage their money um, and and they need that help, Dave Ramsey is a program where you could walk alongside with somebody and and help them see how to manage their money. Um, Any sort of mentoring program, again, walking alongside, any process-focused efforts. So any sort of effort, you look at it and it says, okay, it's getting everybody involved and it's focused on them learning from the process and not just uh, the product. Um, And we're going to discuss some specific organizations next week as we talk about these things. Um, You know, I was thinking about this the last week I I talked about how, like, we really want to look at this uh, through the lens of the gospel, okay? And I was thinking about that this week, and and specifically when it comes to relief and development. You know, when somebody comes to know the Lord, it's awesome, and we're praising God. But after that, they need to be discipled. Um, they don't need to continue to be reminded what they need to do to give their life over to Christ. They need to—they need help with figuring out how do I walk along with Jesus now. Um, it's very similar to this concept when somebody comes out of that crisis. Okay, they don't need to continue to stay in that state. That state, they need help. They need disciples. They need to be walked alongside um, and developed up and out of those circumstances. So. I um, want to leave with this, uh, and, and I thought this was, this was a very important point. It's one that I just want us to continue to think about, and it's this, that development is typically what most people need that we come into contact with, okay? So I think what that allows us to do is, is when we're in a situation where we can either help, help an organization or help an individual or help some sort of initiative, that we're asking the question, okay, do these people need, do they really need relief or these, these people really need development. I'm gonna assume they need development until I can, I can discern whether or not they need relief. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of times our initial thought is, is to give them that relief. So I wanna think through um, that it's development that they need. So next week, we're gonna talk about you know, what can we do. Uh, we're gonna look at things on a micro level. We'll talk about, okay, when you're working with people individually, how can we help. Uh, give some examples uh, of organizations that are involved in development. The other part is the, the book does talk a lot about short-term missions trips, uh, and talks about you know, how we can make sure that you know, when we're looking at short-term missions trips that, we're, uh, that we have the, the right thoughts and the right heart when, when we're uh, preparing for that. Uh, and I do wanna address some of that. I know some folks had some questions, and they have a lot of good things there. So I wanna open it up. We're gonna have uh, some time here. I do want to open it up, if anybody has any questions, just remind me to repeat the question for the recording, uh, but then also we'll have some time here up front if anybody wants to come up and ask any questions. So, any questions? Yes, Chuck. Um, at the very beginning of, of your talk, you said you have to look for a willingness to change. Mm-hmm. Yep. important statement. Yep. hmm yep, good question. So he asked, how, how, how do you see a willingness to change? Um, because I said, you're, you're gonna wanna see that. It, it's any small step they take. So if you give them homework, if you say, hey, you know, let's, next time we meet, I need you to read through this. If, if it's, uh, Dave Ramsey, take that as an example. I need you to sign up for that, okay? I need you to sign up for that class because we're gonna start that next week. I need you to do this. That's, a, and, they, and they go ahead and they do that. That's a, that's a step that's showing, like, yes, I know that's, that I need that, I understand, I'll sign up for that, I'll show up for that. Um, so it'd be, they're, they're gonna be small steps, but that's what you're looking for, taking small steps toward a willingness to change. Um, good question. Yes? Mm-hmm. The adult is very irresponsible, and the adult refuses to make a change, and you say, well, they need to see the pain of their consequences, but you see the innocent children suffering the pain of those consequences with them, and that makes it very hard mm-hmm. to just stand by and watch. Yep. So what do you do? That happens a lot. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, so the question was, what about when children are involved? So you have a parent who's making the irresponsible decisions, Okay, Um, and maybe there isn't a willingness to change on their part, but you're continuing to see um, uh, the kids be harmed. Um, Again, these situations are difficult, and it takes wisdom and and discernment. Uh, But again, we still have to ask ourselves, if we continue to enable the behavior, will there be any, any change? that ends up happening if we, if we continue to enable the behavior. Now, obviously, you know, here in, in our country, there, there's certain levels of if kids are being put in danger or if kids aren't being taken care of, that, that there's, a, there, there's support systems for those types of things. Um, but it does, it does go back to um, asking ourselves if, if we continue to enable it and we continue to give handouts, uh, it will end up hurting that person, okay? Um, and here's the thing. This doesn't have to be a secret, okay? When we're wanting to help somebody, we can explain this to them. And we can explain that, look, I I have your best interests at heart. I wanna help you get up and out of these circumstances. I don't want you to stay in these. I don't want you to have to continue to ask for the handouts. So, um, it's a good question. Another one of those where it takes a lot of wisdom and discernment, but it still rings true. You gotta be careful about how much you're enabling that behavior um, and making those tough decisions. So, it's good, good question. Any other questions? Yes. Okay, um, for example, you just had the hurricane down there in the Florida. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, question is that yeah, relief is going to be for quite a while. Sometimes I mean, in, in those in those situations, and and certainly that's the case. I mean, I, I would say here in the United States, uh, when we have a natural disaster, we, we have a lot of infrastructure that that comes in and, and helps people in those situations. Um, you know, uh, and so their, their, their chances and what it's gonna look like in, in, a, in a year is gonna look much different than probably an impoverished country where, where they had a natural disaster, and obviously, it's gonna wreak havoc for maybe decades. Um, and so, uh, you know, and it, it, it really is one of those things where if, if relief is needed, then the relief needs to be there. I mean, that's why we have the Red Cross and those kind of things, um, but people in poverty that are affected by natural disasters. We just have to make sure that they're not continuing to be enabled to stay in poverty. That at some point, it's, okay, we're, we're done with the relief, now it's part, let's do the rehabilitation and development to help you be up and out of those circumstances, so. Yep. How do you know when that point is, though? I guess that's the hard part. How do you know when transition happen? When are they able to go from to no, it's a. It, it is a good question, and again, um, there isn't a silver silver bullet answer or anything like that. Um, I would say, if again, it's that willingness to change, okay, um, and and remember, relief is immediate and temporary, okay. So so if it isn't immediate and temporary, then we've already gone too far, um, and so and so the, the point is, is we have to say if we really care about people and we really want to. Uh, help them with development, and that's really got to start pretty quickly. Uh, That that relief needs to be short. It needs to be temporary, and then we start to challenge them with, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to get you help. We need to get you uh, job training. Um, Dave Ramsey, we we need to start doing these things because I really want to help you, and I can walk through these things with you. They won't be easy. If they were easy, you'd already know them. Um, And so that's the whole point of us as believers to say, I'll walk you through this. I will get you a ride when you need one. Uh, but but the ride's gonna be to your job or to the or to the job training, um, you know, not just to the grocery store. So it's a good question. Yes, Frederick. Is it appropriate to be transparent up front that you are helping them temporarily? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the question was, is it appropriate to tell them up front that you're only gonna help them temporarily? I'd say a hundred percent. Um and explain the heart behind it. Explain, like, I I, I wanna help you, but this is what this is gonna look like, okay? Um, You're obviously in a relief situation. Um, You're in a situation where you need help right away, Um, but maybe you've seen this before in their lives. Uh, This is the second time you've seen them. They've approached somebody else. Uh, You can see where it could potentially be a systematic behavior, and you really wanna let them know, like, look, I can help you this time, but I wanna let you know, you know, you need to take some steps toward, so that this, this doesn't happen again. So yes, I think being upfront about the fact that it is gonna be temporary and should be temporary is, is important, so. All right, with that, we do have some work to do. Uh, there's gonna be a, uh, a banquet in this room sometime this week. Uh, so what we have actually have to do is stack up all of these chairs just in the middle two rows and put them to the side. Uh, and if you guys could, could help with that, that would be awesome. Next week, it'll be the third and final week. Uh, look forward to, to finishing out strong, and I appreciate everybody's uh, time here tonight. Thank you.